0: Where do you go for comics new and old? Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANTHERE at checkout to get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? Wizard World Comic Con. Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. This is
1: Lord Set, and you're listening to the Canada Podcast. And you better listen.
2: And welcome to another episode of Canned Air, Your tribute to comics and pop culture I am Jeremy Colley And I'm Randy Hardenbrook We've got a good show for you today A very uh, death-themed show, I would say uh, First in our <laughs> retro roundtable We're going to be talking about the best cinematic deaths we can think of From movies, television, video games, comics,
3: Etc. There's some good ones in that list. Yeah, yeah, I came up with quite a few, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, myself included. I, I can't wait to go over some of them here. You've got some interesting stuff on your list that looks like there, though. I'm okay. anxious to hear about... After that, we're going to be welcoming Jeff Abraham to the show. Uh, He and Burt Kearns both just recently released the book, The Show Won't Go On, The Most Shocking, Bizarre, and Historic Deaths of Performers on Stage. So with him, we're going to be looking at uh, real-life deaths that have happened on stage and stuff. And not to be done in any kind of crass way. It's done with class. And uh, it's it's more like he explains more of like a... uh,
3: it focuses on their life more so. A than celebration their of their life, right. yeah, 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 exactly.
2: So, um, a very interesting conversation yeah. that was. Yeah, it was. It was sort of fun uh, for you guys to hear that. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing here and you want to support this show, you can head over to Patreon dot com forward slash CandairPod, or you can just uh, go to our website CandairPodcast dot com. And I think there's a little link right there that'll take you to our patreon page where for five dollars a month you get access to our month or you get access to our Candair patreon pod which is a show we do only for patrons that says uh, released once a month and we're about to hit our two-year mark on that that's 24 episodes waiting to be listened to for five
3: dollars and we run the gamut it's all kinds of different stuff it's definitely a good listen
2: Yeah, yeah. And to uh, anyone who might be thinking about joining Patreon or any of our pre-existing patrons who are hearing this, uh, one thing I do, I just recently learned about Patreon is when we put those episodes up, you know, if you go to a podcast player, typically you can download a podcast episode to your device. Okay. On Patreon, you've got to stream it from their website. Um, I didn't know that before. I know that now. And uh, if if any of our present or uh, possible future patrons, you know, want to join and want that actual MP3, just shoot us an email and I'll put you in a list that will get you the actual MP3 every month. We'll take care of you. Yeah, we got you back. (laughs) Candy, I got you back.
3: Uh, Randy, what do you got? Uh, if, I don't know if there's any Wizard Worlds coming up, but uh, use the uh, canned air promo code at checkout and get yourself yes. 10% off. There it is. Um, also, uh, however you're getting your canned air fix, whether it's Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, being sunned by a tap-dancing alien after busting out of a customer at a space diner, uh, tell your friends. Uh, if you have the option, rate us, leave us a review, and let us know how we're doing, and you may hear it at the end of the episode. Who doesn't like to hear their name read on air, right? Absolutely.
2: Come on. Yeah. Come on. You can't beat it. Uh, Before we get started really quick here, something I wanted to mention really quick, and I hate that I have to mention this in an uh, episode that's so themed around death because it was not intentional, but uh, we just recently, just a few days ago, lost an amazing actor, uh, Mr. Robert Axelrod, who is uh, probably best known for being the voice of Lord Zed and Fenster from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but... uh, also, uh, Terry Bruce hipplow from Check It Out with Dr. Steve Bruhl. He did some Digimon voices, I believe. And, uh, you know, he's worked with some... Uh, I'm trying to remember when we talked with him who he had worked with. But I think he said Ernest Bordnine. Oh, okay. Uh, someone he had worked with. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's some star power yeah, right hell there. Yeah. But um, we were uh, lucky enough to have him on the show 2015 and had a great talk with him. And he was one of the first... Um, guess we ever had that made me i guess start caring more about our interviews because he kind of he was he kind of intimidated me at first when I first <laughs> got a hold of him I've talked to him on the phone and he's like, what is this again? I said, podcast interview. He goes, okay, well, uh, I'll do it, but no stupid questions. (laughs) And that was the end of the conversation. You know, (laughs) Lord Zed just told you how it was, huh? He did. (laughs) But you know, it was that that made me put the extra work into doing the research and man, that turned out a great episode. You got to see, you really get to see how passionate he is about his craft. And I strongly encourage you guys to go listen to it. Episode 80. But, um, it's funny because he, he was having voice problems when we recorded that. Oh, okay. And I had asked him for a Lord Zed stinger and a Terry Bruce Hiplow stinger for the show, which you heard at the very beginning of this episode. And um, he's like, I can't do it right now, but call me in a week when I'm feeling better. We'll do it. And I called him up and uh, he was in a meeting and he said, I heard him excuse himself from the meeting. He walked down into the bathroom. And did voice takes over the phone for me. That's some class. That's classy. That is. Nine, I mean, I would have never... I didn't <laughs> expect to get that call back, to that right. week later be still thought of and acknowledged. Because nine times out of ten, you're not. The second you hang up that phone, you're a thought. Right. you know? Right, and um
3: like Especially for a podcast starting out exactly, yeah. that was
2: some class he was a uh, He was a great guy for, yeah. I mean, just in the short time experience we had with him, but and an amazing talent so i 'm um, sorry to ramble, I just wanted to say that, and at the end of this episode i 'm going to put a clip uh, typically when we have guests like uh, himself on voice actors, screen actors, you know whoever it might be. I always like to ask for a little bit of advice. You know, what advice would you give someone who's aspiring to be where you are? And I did ask Robert that. So I'm gonna clip that in at the very, very tail end of this episode. If you guys want to stick around at the end, you can hear that. Awesome. Uh, that's all I got, so let's kick it off with this week's retro round table.
1: Yeah. Do it! Do it! Come on! I'm here! Come on! Do it now! Oh my god! It's <laughs> Bad.
2: All right, the best cinematic deaths we could muster up, Brandy. what have we got?
3: <laughs> All right, so it might not necessarily the ones I have be the best, but they're the ones I remember, just filling out a list right mm. off the top of my head. Um, and first off, it's kind of a tie, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, shit. <laughs> How did that not register yeah. on my scale? Um, for sure.
2: You're talking about the death scene where they all melt, right?
3: Yes, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. 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 So, and then I was also thinking at the end of the third movie where the bad dude drinks the, from the wrong cup and, like, quickly ages and...
2: I don't remember, man. Like, I've only seen the whole trilogy once. And really? Like, okay. Uh, Raiders, like, Raiders is the one I've seen the most. So, yeah. Yeah. So- my, my Indiana Jones is <laughs> en- knowledge is embarrassing. I apologize, but... Uh,
3: yeah. I probably butchered the title of that <clears> third <throat> movie. But yeah, the first movie when Let the... Let me see. There
2: was The Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, and Late Raiders of the Lost Ark, right?
3: Yeah, The Last Crusade is what I meant. It, it, okay. The second one. But the, the the Raiders of the Lost Ark is where the... Let's
2: not forget, what was it, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever? We can forget that yeah, one. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Certainly
3: can. Certainly can. But yes, Face Melting Nazis is my first pick. Okay. Okay. I,
2: I dig that I dig that My my first pick here Is a pick that uh, I guess social media Kind of picked for me A few weeks back Before I even knew We were doing this So you know When it kind of came to mind To do this I thought Oh Of this gif immediately Remember True Lies The end of True
3: Lies <laughs> Come on When he's Attached to the missile Yes Yes
2: It is so I mean If there If there's a Death scene or any kind of movie scene to encapsulate like action 90s
3: movies. It, absolutely. Yeah.
2: That scene right there. Arnold's in, an, in a, what is it, like a herring jet?
3: Yeah, or, like a fighter jet or something. Yeah, like yeah. an
2: F-16, F-23, whatever right. whatever the numbers are. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> his daughter dangling off the front of right. it while the bad guy is walking up the back of it to kill him, who had just jumped off a crane. I mean, these are some act. These are acrobatic people Yeah Oh yeah But yeah Then he's standing on the back And Arnold tips the wing And the guy gets caught On his backpack On this missile Yep, yep. And he shoots the missile At the helicopter At the helicopter
3: Through, through the building
2: Through a building <laughs> Through a building Now Yes That dude hanging on that missile Would have <laughs> Right Would have put it into the lower half Of that oh, yeah, building It yeah. would have Fucked up its trajectory But it's Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger I mean he's the man He that's like Chuck Norris strength kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know about Arnold strength kind well, of stuff. But man, what a death scene. Yeah, that was crazy. What a death scene indeed. And if you don't mind, I'm just gonna go ahead with another pick right here go because for it, they man. so they go so tightly together. True Lies was what, early nineties. Yeah. And before that, I I was a sucker for I still am a sucker for those old cheesy. <laughs> the cheesier the better action films. And I don't know if you remember a film with Jean Claude Van Damme called Sudden
3: Death. Oh yes, do you? Yeah, where he rips the guy's throat out. Uh, I don't that... recall that. Maybe
2: I remember I he puts a else. guy. He's fighting a guy in like the team's mascot outfit, and he puts his puts him into like a chipper. It's oh, okay. like so yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. At, at the end, the bad guy is trying to escape. Essentially, the the plot of the movie was. Van Dam was there working security. He's like a retired fireman okay. helping okay. work security. His kids are there watching the game while he's working. And uh terrorists okay. take over the hockey arena as terrorists do, you know. Okay. <laughs> and um Man, the main bad guy I can't remember the main bad guy of that film, but he just passed away within the past few years now that I think about it. Um anyway. Let me get to the point. The the bad guy at the end is trying to escape via helicopter on the on the roof of the. There's a helicopter that has flown in and dropped a ladder. Okay, he's trying to grab it, and um, I don't remember exactly what it is that
3: Van Dam does, but Van Dam does something to the chopper. It probably required him to do the split somehow. I don't
2: remember <laughs> I don't remember I think he just Oh that's what it was He just shot up at it He shot through the floor oh, Okay And killed the pilot And for some reason Instead of this thing Just start to circle Out of control <laughs> The helicopter Stays steady Its nose Goes straight up In the oh, air jeez And it then While it's totally Up and down Yeah Without like swaying Back and forth just starts to descend into the <laughs> hockey arena through the small hole in the room <laughs> as Van Damme sits nearby. And this happens so slowly that they catch eyes and they watch each other's eyes as they pass. And the dude goes down and they oh, finally, man. it explodes on the floor of the arena. But it's just, it's like, fuck it to physics. Yeah. Like, who cares about how shit should work? This is how this movie has to end.
3: Man, those nineties action devs were amazing. Um it's not on my list, but we were talking before the show started about uh The Rock. Mm. And um two scenes in that now, one. Now to be yeah, the movie, not not Right, right, not not not, <laughs> not, not the Dwayne, man. yeah. <laughs> not the um not the wrestler. No, the, the movie The Rock the with Sean Connery movie. Yeah, Sean Connery and Nick Cage. Um the Rocket Man death when he's oh,
2: like, I forgot about that one. Because that's how it was. They were on Alcatraz, and they had all the missiles they were going to start launching
3: inland, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah. I've so he, he took the chemical agent out, and he said, hey, do you like Elton John or something? And the reason I asked, because you're the rocket man, and hits the launch button and takes the guy and shoots him out. Who delivered that line? Was it Nicholas Cage? That was Nick Cage. And the candy man was the other guy that was the bad yes. guy that got, that got off.
2: Tony Todd he's intimidating as fuck yes, yes if that dude roll up on me and even said something friendly I'd probably piss myself <laughs> like he's intimidating yes okay here's another one and I don't know if this actually qualifies as an actual death because he didn't die but the writers of the comic for a solid month made it look pretty final was Donatello in, uh the Kevin Ooh. Eastman and uh, Tom Waltz uh, IDW Teenage Mutant okay. Ninja Turtle series and uh, what had happened was Bebop and Rocksteady, which you know, to those for those of you who don't read that comic, you know, in the cartoon Bebop and Rocksteady were pushover, <laughs> you know, dwee, you know, idiots. Morons, they weren't yeah. a threat. In the comics, they're a threat. Okay. They're three times the size of the turtles, and okay. if they get singled out, you're done you're for. toast. Okay, and that's what happened. Donatella was singled out. And uh, they both took to him with a sledgehammer and totally caved in his shell. And um, the comic ended with the family gathered around as Splinter is holding Donatello's head in his lap, like, you know, kind of like. Caressing it, saying "My sweet son," as you see pieces of his shell laying out behind him and his innards and blood everywhere. And but you know, the next month rolls around, and then oh, we can put his consciousness in a robot body. We can fix that. <laughs> What's death to us? We're turtles, right? You know? <laughs> but um, I just saying it wasn't good writing. It was good writing the whole way. Yeah, it's such a good series. But it, for a month
3: there, dude shit was real. Yeah, when we were talking to Kevin Eastman a few episodes ago you guys were mentioning stuff that I was like what? Splinter's mm. in charge of the Foot Clan now? Oh yeah. Fuck?
2: <laughs> it's a good series man, it is such a good series and I i dare say the best incarnation of the Turtles to ever be Awesome. If you were ever wanting like the definitive Turtles I think this is this new stuff is it I love okay. it. I love it. I mean the on. original stuff is good. Everything is good in its own way <laughs> It's the but Turtles, as my man. Own, my own enjoyment, this new series is just nailing it. They always, always hit it home. You know? Awesome. Okay. So, good series. Sweet.
3: Good series. Well, uh, continuing with the uh, comic book trend, did you ever uh, read Marvel Zombies at all?
2: I know. You know, I've never had um, an attraction to that. I've, everyone that I... I've talked to so many people. They, okay. You know, they know that I, we do this or that right. I like comics, and that's a lot of people's first thing they bring up, Marvel Zombies, and... I don't know why. It never struck my interest.
3: So I, I've never read it, full disclosure. I did see a panel from it, uh, from Marvel Zombies Return, where it was uh, Spider-Man and Sandman. You know what I'm talking about? No. I'll have to bring it up here. But So the Sinister Six is formed, and they're killed, mostly everybody, by a, a zombie Spider-Man, um, except Sandman. He takes off and then runs into the real Spider-Man of that universe. Well, he gets all pissed off and literally like enters Spider-Man through his mouth. And, like, explodes him from the inside out. Like, Ugh. it's 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 pretty brutal. That's how he becomes a zombie, or what? Uh, I don't... I never saw it past that frame, but... um Here, let me pull it up real quick. Man.
2: Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Why didn't you just do that to begin with?
3: That's... Yeah, people have asked that. No, is that a zombie? Spider-Man? No, that's the regular Spider-Man. Good Lord. It, it haunts you, doesn't it? <laughs> so, it... Jesus. He,
2: yeah. He just fits himself down his throat. Yeah,
3: like force feeds him. His them.
2: stomach just expands bigger than he can even carry. He collapses and then it just explodes. And yeah. his innards and his rib cage and everything are just out in front of him.
3: Damn. Yeah, those comics from what I saw were brutal. Damn. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Makes me, uh, you want to see some brutal shit? You get some superior Spider Man comics. That's some good stuff. Check that out. I've some heard good stuff, man. All right, um, stay in the comic theme. Wolverine, man. Wolverine's death was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I don't, I can't remember exactly how he got covered in that. I can never say this right. A, 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 Adamantium, Adamantium, Adamantium. Thank there we you. go. Adamantium. <laughs> he got covered in it, and it was hardening around him. And okay, he went to like a cliff edge and kind of sat there on his knees and watched the sunset. But as it hardened. And then that was just that was his death. This this ev- everlasting statue. Now I can't remember if they've brought him out of that or not.
3: He was like, at least dead for a while, quote unquote, right? Because didn't.
2: Yeah, but uh, just through different like that was before Battle World, if I remember right. So after Battle World, like you know, there was Old Man Logan and like all these different universes crossing over. I don't remember, <laughs> dude. I don't remember. It was so convoluted. But fair th- enough. I feel like there was something. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Maybe they kept him dead. I don't know. They're really trying to, I think, bring in Laura Kinney, which I I was taking to. I really enjoyed her a lot. And I was... Uh, she makes a cool Wolverine. Okay. I think.
3: Sweet. Personally, but... Um, anyway, I just wanted to make mention of that. Okay, cool. Um, so the next one I have, um, Quint from the first Jaws movie. The uh, salty old sea captain that was a badass and... Never seen Jaws. Oh, dude. All right. I know, dude. I See, there's a lot of... Like,
2: <laughs> Indiana Jones was one of those trilogies I hadn't seen in years. And like, I finally was like, there's no excuse. I have to see these films. I went and saw them. And Jaws is on that list. I yeah. definitely need to see Jaws.
3: The first one. You could skip the rest. Yeah. So. But yeah. Well, I don't know that I want to... It's a pretty big. part. Of, okay, all right. I had
2: my time.
3: You know. <laughs> right. What? What? What was that? Seventy-eight. That yeah, shit something out? like that. Yeah. So all right, uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> so basically, yeah, Quint is this. His character is always portrayed as this badass shark hunter, like don't fuck with me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the movie, Jaws just flops right up on the deck and eats the fuck out of him Yeah, you. Can, yeah, it's it's crazy. So. Is it graphic? I wouldn't say it's gr. I mean, for the time, it probably was. Um, I mean, just it's basically a dude in an animatronic shark's mouth with a bunch of blood as he's like. uh, But I mean, it's 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 a good movie. It's it's worth worth watching.
2: Yeah, I'll watch it. I I remember the opening to it. You know, the girl swimming and then being jerked around underwater. You know, that was Richard Dreyfus. Yes. Whenever I think of him, I think of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. No, you're you're not wrong. That's a good that's a good (laughs) film. That's a good film. All right. Um, let's see what else I've got. Cortana from Halo. Oh yes, that was where I checked out with Halo. I think I did get Halo Five, but I tried the campaign and was just not feeling it. Fair and enough. I just stuck to the multiplayer, which I don't even think that totally sold me. But their relationship was awesome. I loved their relationship. I loved their journey, okay. and that. Death at the end. Did you ever play Halo?
3: I played Halo one through three. I skipped four because that was
2: the game itself wasn't great. But again, it was the continuation of where three left off. Obviously, just it would three ended so dramatically with them just being lost in space, jettisoned through space, and then you know if you'd beat it in Legendary, you had seen that little quick teaser of them finding the Forerunner planet. Okay. So, uh, that was intriguing That's why I got it The game wasn't great Because you go from shooting, like, you know Warm-bodied individuals to floating robotic parts and shit And, like, that's not fun, man Right I want to shoot the grunts I want (laughs) to shoot the flood I want to hear my bullets hitting flesh Right, yeah So, um, yeah, the game wasn't, uh Great, I guess, but her death was still impactful just because, again, the journey. And she was a good character. I love, I actually, I've got her right here, right oh, next to the yes computer. Yes, you do. Little Cortana. Let me, nice. Let me turn on her Her gentle blue glow. <sighs> you can see all the dust that's collected on her. Oh, nice. We'll
3: keep her there in our presence as we. All right, she'll 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 be our muse as for the rest we of the pod. episode.
2: That was my last one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's cool. I got a few more. Um, I was a big James Bond fan growing up. Okay. Um, There was a recurring character, kind of the main bad guy was Blowfield, which is pretty much the real life, not real life, the legitimate equivalent of Dr. Evil
1: uh, from Austin
3: Powers. Um, The last movie he was in, For Your Eyes Only, before the reboot, um, there was like a dispute with the characters, so they were like... They killed him off in a really stupid way. Literally, he's, like, trying to control a helicopter that Bond is in, and Bond, like, regains control of the helicopter, swoops down, picks up the dude in the wheelchair on the front, like... hook uh, spoke or hook or whatever the the landing part and drops him down a freaking exhaust vent on like a big industrial building wow and that's that's how the movie opens that's like (laughs) that
2: guy you know at work who can pick up a quarter with a forklift you know yeah yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) that takes some talent Uh, yes sir it does um the next one i have um did you see the new king kong movie the 2005
2: with uh jack black or yeah jack black
3: was in it and uh I'm Adrian. thinking of
2: Skull Island. I don't think I saw the Jack Black Kong. I saw the one with uh Dwight C or shit, John C.
3: Riley. Okay, okay, I know. This was the one before the one Peter Jackson uh directed.
2: Oh okay. For some reason I'm thinking of Jack Black's was in a different version, but that was
3: the same one. Yeah. Peter Jackson's... Maybe I did see it. Yeah, it was like... Was yeah.
2: there a T-Rex fight? Yes. Yes, yes. I did yeah. see it, though. Okay.
3: Okay, sorry. Well, there's one part of the movie when they're still on the island, mm-hmm. and the entire crew is looking for... I forget her name, the, the damsel in distress. Sure. Um, and they fall down this crevice, and in this crevice, there's all this these gigantic bugs, and they start killing different yes. members, the crew members. The, the scene that always sticks out to me, and I don't know why, it just always just, it grossed me out. Andy, um... Circus? Circus, Thank you. Andy Circus's character, he played the cook in addition to doing all the uh, motion capture for Kong, uh, is basically eaten alive by these, like, giant tapeworms. Like, you see him, they start, like, eating his feet and then get his hands and then the last scene of him, it's, like, going over his head. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That's gross.
2: (laughs) It makes me think of Jurassic Park and, you know, being that I'm such a fan of the original film, I wanted to... Bring one of those deaths to the table, but man, like, they're just, it's too easy, I right. feel like. Now, but you just made me think of Lost World with uh, the little tiny. The compies. That would be pretty horrible. Way yeah, to go. that's
3: like a death by a thousand cuts almost. Yeah.
2: That would be pretty horrifying. Yeah.
3: Oh uh, do you got one more I've got one more Let's do it. so um this little history lesson for everybody um for those of you who don't know about it, I want to talk about the Wilhelm scream mm, okay so basically this is a, a sound clip uh, that has been used in over four hundred and twenty films and TV oh, yeah. shows
2: and counting
3: yes yeah it just keeps keeps popping keeps up coming up um it was originally from like the early 1950s but uh um, it was. It gets its name from a movie. Uh, the charge at Feather River a character was named uh, Private Wilhelm, so he got killed, and
2: so it's just his his scream from his that scream. Film. Yeah. yeah,
3: it was originally before that. It was part of a, a long series of screams from a 1951 movie called Distant Drums, where a guy's eaten by an alligator. So they like took that snippet. Used it in that next movie. It's so funny how
2: that's just a, uh, like it's a thing to do. You right. know, like I think all the Star Wars have it in them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you know, come uh, December when we get our new uh, was Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. Yes, there's going to be one in there. Yes, yep. <laughs> and it's so funny though because um, I you know I've put it in the show before. I've worked with it doing sound work before, mm-hmm. and doing that and you have overexposure to it. It just stands out like a sore thumb. Right. And so it's funny to after, because I'd heard it a million times before that Mm and never thought twice about it. And then once you hear it, you hear it
3: everywhere. Right, right. Everywhere. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's so cool how that shit happens, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. And for people who've never heard it, we're about to blow your mind because we'll just insert it here and just listen for it.
2: (gasps) That's it. There it is. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> the help scream. You you probably already know it. I'm sure you do. If you don't, shame on you. Start What's counting wrong with it. Why are you listening to this? No, I'm just kidding. Don't go anywhere. Please come back. Sit down. Please, listen. please. All right. Good retro. Good retro. But before we move on, Adult Swim.
0: Oh,
3: strikes again, Randy. Oh, did, did Adult they? Adult Swim strikes
2: again. They do. They do. We have we have something that has come in the mail, and boy. Ooh. This has got to be about the biggest box I've seen thus far. Look at this! Holy thing. shit! Right? Damn, that's got some weight to it. It's got some weight to it. It's a it's a cool little box here. It's not little. It's it's an average size box. Cool medium box here. What's that look like on the outside, of you Randy? That looks like a robot chicken. That looks like a robot chicken. Check this shit out. Holy shit! It is a 1980s style lunch box metal lunchbox with robot chicken. That which is Which we're amazing. going to get pictures for and put on oh, social media. Oh, it has a freaking thermos. And it comes with the robot chicken thermos. Oh, hell
3: yeah. You dig that? That is, that's awesome, man. Isn't that tight? That is amazing.
2: How do you like that? Chicken noodle soup and your robot chicken <laughs> Thermos, my God,
3: that is phenomenal. I
2: want to thank Adult Swim for sending this all our way. My God, what a what a gift! I mean, we always get cool stuff, though.
3: Yeah, but and the stuff they send us is awesome. Like the uh, that the uh, the record we got for Squidbillies. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gotten so much cool stuff. Yeah, uh, we Rick and Morty action figures, Squid Billy shot glasses, uh, the
3: calendar of Mondays that have oh, yeah, <laughs> bit us in the still, ass it's a couple still times. On the wall
2: here, yeah, it has bit us in the ass, but it's still worth it. It's still worth it having a
3: is it worth it? It's worth it it for the laughs we'll get later.
2: They have me either way. I took down a Rick and Morty calendar to put that one out. They're both adult swim. Get over (laughs) yourselves. But no, anyway, just jokes aside, thank you so much for sending this our way. Again, we'll get pictures on social media for you guys to see here. But um, the reason they have sent this along is because season 10 of Robot Chicken. Can you believe that? Season Season 10. 10. Man. 10. Is premiering September 29th, that's a Sunday, at midnight and at 12.15. Sweet. So it sounds like we're getting two new episodes. Uh, Full half hour of Robot Chicken. Oh, yes. To anyone who's worked with any kind of like stop motion... Uh, animation mm-hmm. that uh, half an hour that probably took years to make. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I mean, can't <laughs> imagine the amount of work that went into it. So again, Adult Swim. Thank you once again for this awesome lunchbox. Head over to our Instagram or Facebook to check out a picture of it. And once again, Robot Chicken season ten premiering September twenty ninth Sunday at midnight and twelve fifteen. Set your DVRs or keep your ass up. And now joining us to talk about the new book by Jeff Abraham and Burt Kearns called The Show Won't Go On, The Most Shocking, Bizarre, and Historic Deaths of Performers on Stage, we welcome co-author Jeff Abraham. Jeff, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: It is great to be here with you guys to talk about my new book, The Show Won't Go On. That is my big contribution to the book. I came up with the title and the concept, and then I met a guy named Burt Kearns, who actually, everyone should have a partner like that. We, we've become the Rogers and Hammerstein of death.
2: When you sent the idea along, like, I was thrilled. The, like, the idea of this book just gets me excited because it's very interesting. I, I, you know, I can think of a few, but, I mean, there are enough instances of this happening to put a book together. I'm so excited uh, to check it out. What was it that actually inspired this book to be created?
1: Uh, Donald Trump.
2: Oh, wow. Didn't expect that. (laughs) I usually
1: usually get a bigger laugh at that. What happened was, (laughs) a little more than 15 years ago, I went to see an Elvis impersonator at Trump 29 Casino uh, out near Palm Springs. And part of the show was a gentleman named Al Devorin, which will mean nothing to most people, but they will recognize this phrase. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. Thank you and good night. He did not originate the phrase, but he made it popular. You could hear it on all of Elvis's concerts. He was part of the show. He concluded the uh, this Elvis tribute show. At the end of the show, he was in the lobby, and he's a gentleman in his 80s. Someone said, Al, when are you going to write a book? You've done it all. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I got time. And this was 1030 Saturday night. Monday morning, I'm watching the news. He was killed in a car accident Sunday morning, oh literally God. less than 12 hours after... I was with him, and remembering those words, if that doesn't rattle you, nothing else will. Right. And I thought about a book about final goodbyes. You know, we... As recently as Tom Petty, you know, he performed, and what, a week later, ten days later, he died. Right. You know, we, John Enwistle had the great rock and roll death. You know, he died with a hooker, hooker and drugs, you know, in the hotel room the, the night before the Who was supposed to do a reunion tour at the um, in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock. And, you know, Hank Williams died after a show, and Elvis died with his bags, bags packed, you know, going to a show. And I knew about Dick Shawn and a couple of these others. And so I came up with the title. And that's all I came up with. And Bert Kern said to me, "Shut up or put up. Let's write a damn book." And we were shaping it and forming it, and then we realized we had so many entries just of performers who died on stage, and that became the book you now ha- hold in your hand.
2: It's uh, crazy to think of that there are again that many people. There's right. a few I can think of, but um, you know, looking over the notes, you know, uh, of this book, there are instances of magicians being killed who were trying to catch. Bullets in their teeth. Right. Uh, even a, a mention of Dimebag Darrell Abbott, who mm-hmm. was killed on stage. That was what, like 10 minutes from where we're recording yeah, right yeah. here, uh, right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, I would. I'm dying to check out this book and uh, some of the entries. What would you say, though, was your your favorite, the, the, the one you enjoyed putting in the most?
1: You know, the original, going back to the original attention, it was going to be very celebrity-driven, but not that many of them were on stage. But the one on-stage death, which I think is sweet, because the book is a celebration of lives. Even though it's about people who died, it's a celebration. And we do a wonderful job of giving the backstory so you're following their journey up until their their last breath. And there was a woman named Jane Little from who was trying to break the Guinness Book of World Record for the longest temp, uh, tenure with an orchestra? She was with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, battling health problems. She comes back and performs, but during the encore of her show, she winds up dying of a heart attack. Now that alone should put a tear to your eye. But you're ready for this: the song she was playing was "There's No Business Like Show Business."
2: Oh, oh man. my God!
1: And, and if you wrote that, your editor or, your, or the producer of the screenplay would say, take that out, that is too contrived. Or the guy who dies during a play called The Anatomy of a Murder, a woman who dies after singing Talk About Me When I'm Gone, you couldn't make those up. So that was the other thing, is to make it interesting, because it's, this is the worst murder mystery, because at the beginning of every chapter you know who dies. So you had to make it intriguing. We always said, "What's the button that makes it interesting?" Because otherwise, it would be a bunch of. And he had a heart attack. And he had a heart attack. You know. So that yeah. was the thing to to care about these people. And then to on the other end, the book concludes with Carl Wallenda, probably one of the most famous deaths of all time, where you where he was walking across two buildings, 125 feet up in Puerto Rico, and falls to his death. And this is a man who said, I would rather die on the wire than in bed.
3: That was from the Flying Walenda Troop, right?
1: Absolutely. And talk about, you know, we interviewed Nick Walenda, you know, who's amazing, who's been breaking records, Um, you know, just recently walked across Broadway, walked across the Chicago River, and, you know, amazing, you know, outdoing his grandfather. And the first question we said to him was, At what point do you say we are no longer in the high wire act business? Because his family in the 60s was doing the human pyramid, and two members of the family fell to their death. Oh right, And and they kept on performing and and continued with tragedy, but you know, but that they they were the opposite of this book. They they really were the the show must go on, but Nick is is the opposite of his grandfather. He goes, I don't want to die on the wire. He goes, I'd rather die in bed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> some of the, some of the facts and details surrounding the deaths, you know, just one, not that they died alone, but that, you know, he said that, you know, before dying right. alone. Man, that's crazy. Now, you said you got to uh, speak with a, a member of that family, and I know you got to speak with uh, Dick Cavett regarding the uh, incident that happened on his show. Who else uh, have you gotten to speak with in the creation of this book?
1: Um, We we spoke to Dick Shawn's son, Adam Shawn, who was there the night his father uh, had a heart attack. He was the stage manager. Oh, wow. Um, And then there was an escape artist named The Amazing Joe. We spoke to his son, who was there that day, Um, you know, sometimes, Jane Little, people who were in the orchestra. We spoke to, you know, fellow um, orchestra members, and, and uh, like I said, we talked to Nick Walenda. We talked to Penn Gillette to get his philosophy on The Bullet Catch, which they do nightly in Las Vegas. But going to the Dick Cavett thing, which is amazing, I, I have to be, i thought you guys were almost going to say, I remember this episode. No. Um, because it never aired. More people—Dick Cavett says to this day, people come up to him and said, the look on your face when— he goes, were you in the audience that night? Because the show never aired. But believe it or not, Burt Kearns and I are the first civilians, journalists ever to watch that episode of the show. I have a Mm. friend who worked for Dick Cavett Productions who said to me, if you sell this book, I will allow you to watch this episode. And that's what happened. Um, We were granted permission. And it's a very eerie feeling to watch a man literally die in front of your very eyes but by doing that we were able to put some urban legends um, about that in that show because most people were, were regurgitating the same thing. Now if you go to Wikipedia right now or Google and type in died on stage, you'll get the same, you know, mental floss and all these, you know, regurgitated lists. And we didn't want to do that. We spent a great deal of time doing, you know, research going, you know, to the actual newspaper accounts of the day of and then talking to eyewitnesses.
2: I can think of instances like the Brandon Lee, you know, thing is right. kind of is a famous <clears throat> thing. The The Twilight Zone movie, uh, you know, the, the Vic Morrow. I can't remember his name, but it was the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, two kids.
1: John, yeah it was the uh, Vic Morrow and the Twilight Zone movie with Vic Morrow and two young children. Those are not in this book. We're playing with the with a sequel that with TV and movies, because we really wanted people on stage, meaning there was an eyewitness.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And Uh, I I guess that's why I even brought those instances up because those would be two things I would have expected right off the bat, but it doesn't look like they're, like you said, they're not in there. So there's, that's even more stories I'm not aware of, if that makes sense. I'm I'm glad they're, it's not just a book full of familiar
3: stories. Right?
1: No, absolutely. Um, like a, it, there's a, like I said, you know, you probably won't know most of the opera singers and the orchestra conductors, but we do paint a full picture. So you're like I said, enthralled and enriched by your by their life and their journey until you get to the end. Because otherwise, it would be say, you know, the the back of the book is some of the shorter entries in the appendix of about 50 people, and those are very quick capsules. But we really wanted to paint full tribute, and even though it's a book about death, it's a celebration of lives. And the sequel will include, you know, like stuntmen. We really didn't want people whose job was to uh, face death naturally. You know what I mean? Right. So there are no bullfighters in there. There are not boxers who died in the ring. Circus performers are performers, and you know. So that's the only you could quote loose fact, but he's a performer. You know, we do have one wrestler in there. Owen Hart? You know, Yes, because wrestling is not a he's not an athlete he's a um, sports entertainer he's really a performer he's a performer, so that's the only reason but otherwise, you know you know there would have been so many athletes in the book, and there were other stories of people like John Candy who's making a movie and then goes to sleep and doesn't wake up, and people like that, and John Ritter and mm. you know there was no audience and we also had a weird criteria that you literally had to die on stage. There was a jazz musician who died. Five feet from the stage, he was shot by his common-law wife as he was reaching to the stage. And we always said, another five feet and he would have made the book. (laughs) (laughs) I know Kevin Hart got in trouble a while ago when he was hosting the Oscars, when they got his Twitter feed. They thought it was in bad taste. And I always said, if anyone sees the email correspondence between Bert and I, I think they would take us to task. If you remember, Meatloaf collapsed on stage. And Bert and I would send an email, hey, did you hear meatloaf collapse on our stage? I wonder if we'll make Chapter 7 or Stephen Steven Tyler collapse. And I go, fingers crossed. But
3: you guys are probably that, those waiting. Were do-
1: those were done internally as jokes. As again, this, we don't, we're not wishing anybody die. In fact, not. in the early incarnation of the book, when you had performers commit suicide— we were going to have that statement in the front of the book. If anyone has suicidal tendencies, you know, to please call this number. As we all know, in the last couple of years, you know, we've lost a number of great musicians oh, due yeah, to, drug, yeah. you know, accidental drug overdoses or or suicides. Right. So again, this book is not to go, ha ha. That person was performing and they caught a bullet and they died.
3: Right. Exactly. You're, You're celebrating that. their life, mm-hmm. not not the death.
2: It's done
1: with but taste. It, Right. It does kind of make you laugh, like I said, when you hear, you know, there's no business like show business. Or, you know, talk. going back to the bullet catch, there was a performer who was one of the biggest stars of vaudeville, a oriental magician named Chung Ling Su, and he died during the bullet catch. A bullet was not supposed to come out of the gun. The methods back then were very crude, and a bullet did come out, and it shot him, and it landed, you know, in his lungs, and he drops to the stage. And for the first time ever, he utters in English, I think I've been shot. The entire audience is completely shocked that he spoke English. Here's an Oriental performer. It turns out his name was William Robinson, and right. there was a made-up persona. So you can kind of laugh at things of that nature. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I would heard that before. That
2: is that's hilarious. And I, I can't even remember uh what part of the book or in a press release I was reading, but uh there's an entry in your book where a gentleman like kind of his routine was to come on stage and lay inactive for a short period of time and had a heart attack during this the comedian magician. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember.
1: Well, can't... you know, Dick Shawn is is probably is is probably to that case in point, he would, at the beginning of the show, his one, he had been doing a one-man show called The Second Greatest, The World's Second Greatest Entertainer, and he was now doing a solo show that he was going to travel with. And he would lie on the floor under a pile of newspapers and then pop up.
2: Oh, yes. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was.
1: Right. And then at some point he would like kind of like at the at intermission, he would kind of collapse so for him to fall at a certain point in the show, people thought it was Partly part of the show. Joke, yeah. That is the one danger, I will say, if I can give anybody advice, if you are going to die on stage, don't be a comedian cuz most people think it's a new part of business in your act. <laughs> so what happened with with Dick Shawn, who was a very, if we all know him from the producers and Mad 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 World, a brilliant avant-garde, you know, crazy stand-up comedian, you know, brilliant Mm -hmm. And he said, let's all pretend an atomic bomb went off, and the only people alive are everyone in this theater and me, and I'm your leader. And follow me. And he drops to his knees and has a heart attack. Well, wouldn't that be a great line to get a laugh with?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I would say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, there was a comedian— um, Named Sid, J- Sid James, you know, from the, he's a wonderful uh, Carry On British travelogue comedy series, and he died in a small town outside of you know London. And someone said, "Did you hear? Sid, J- you know, Sid James died in this town." And they go, "Oh yeah, everyone dies in that town. Yeah, it's the worst place for performers. <laughs> no, he died on stage." Wow. Yeah, and to- you know Tommy Cooper, you know was a brilliant comedy magician, and his clip is on YouTube. And he fell to the floor, and everyone thought, oh, he's doing a new piece of business in his act. And then you realize after about you know, 15 seconds, he's not moving.
3: I, th- I think that was what I was thinking of. That's the clip. He was in like a red fez, right? He,
1: yeah, okay. he always wore it. He was a big hulking man. you know. But his wife was watching it at home and said, you know, he's not in great health. There's no way he was going to take a fall like that. Man. So for the, Yeah, there's that 15-second delay. Yeah, and everybody's then just they,
3: nervous clapping.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they have to move the body, and then Donnie Osmond's in the wings waiting to go on.
2: As much as I don't want to, I'm going to have to go look for this video. Man, I'm so intrigued. I want to read this freaking book now, man.
1: But so, if you are going to look at the video, I always tell people that Tommy Cooper should not be just remembered for, oh, the guy who died on stage. Sure he that should be the end of he was you know, you know he was an influence on so many comedy magicians and comedians and was you know had performed for royalty and just unfortunately he had an, an uh, unfortunate incident.
2: It's unfortunate yeah. for sure man it makes for an interesting book, doesn't it absolutely. That's for sure. Absolutely, and uh, people can go to the dot com to find out more. Is there anywhere else we should be directing people?
1: That's our website, and we're on you know on Facebook and uh, all your social media platforms. And um, I know you guys are based in Ohio, but mm-hmm. uh, we're here in Southern California. We're doing various re- uh, signings, so if you go to our website, and we have outtakes and videos on the uh, website, and we're always posting um, outtakes from the book. So please.
2: Absolutely. I didn't even see all that when I was there. I'm going to have to go back and look a little deeper, I think. I saw your guys' dates were going to be uh, doing book signings and stuff, so I would strongly encourage people who are able to to go check that out. I know I would be if I were in the area, not in stupid Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Ohio. We love you. We love you. We like being here, but... But and uh, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to come on the show to talk about uh, you and Bert's book. Once again, the show won't go on the most shocking, bizarre and historic deaths of performers on stage. It's It's just been a blast. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, guys.
2: All right, everyone. And there you have it, our interview with Jeff Abraham, the co-author along with Burt Kearns of the show Won't Go On, the most shocking, bizarre, and historic deaths of performers on stage. Some of those stories he told, yeah. I mean, how could you not want to read this freaking yeah, book? Yeah, I've heard of
3: a couple of those, but it sounds like, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there.
2: Yeah, like I was saying during the interview, when I first heard of this book, I, you know, immediately thought, oh, okay, I'm sure it'll have something on Brandon Lee. It'll have something on Twilight Zone. But, right. you know, they they had so much content again and they they made stipulations so those stories aren't in there they're all new stories and okay. the few that we've been hearing thus far are interesting as hell
3: yeah absolutely and
2: again not done in any kind of uh, crass way but done very, very
3: respectful s- way.
2: respectfully and uh, again a celebration of those people's lives at the same time so right. can't recommend it enough the show won't go on dot com and uh, check out our facebook and social media we're going to have links up there for it as well And I think that's going to do it for this week. So, Randy, what have we on the website?
3: Check out our website, candairpodcast.com. See show highlights, listen to past episodes, find all the guests we've had on, uh, buy some merch. And if you want to be a guest on, uh, send us a message on our contact page.
2: Don't forget to find us on Twitter at air pod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And again, if you like what we're doing, want to so show your support, head over to Patreon.com forward slash air pod where you can throw, what, for $5 a month, yeah, get access to our canned Air Patreon pod that you can only get on our Patreon page. And again, if uh, any of our pre-existing Patrons or any future patrons you know don't want to stream our episodes from the patreon page and want the actual MP3 to have on their phone. Just shoot us an email and I'd be happy to send you guys those MP3s monthly as they release uh, What else? What if? our other show? Yes. What if pod.com? I remembered this time, Randy. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check that show out. have a new episode going up tonight, but by the time you're hearing this, it'll already have release, but what we do is we offer a twist on reality, Uh, whether it be what if we could control the weather, what if people could fly, what if public nudity was the norm, was one we did a long time ago. That was an an interesting topic. (laughs) But the one we just put up is what if the earth were actually flat? Oh, sweet. Okay. Might ruffle some feathers with that Mm -hmm. one. Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe by the time people are hearing this, we've already been shut down by flat earthers. (laughs) I don't know, but... Anyway, uh, what else? And once again, uh, don't forget to check out Robot Chicken Season 10, September 29th. That's Sunday at midnight and 12.15. Set the DVRs. Don't miss it. And stick around here at the end of the episode once again for uh, just a little tidbit of an interview we had with uh, Robert Axelrod, who, uh, again, we just lost this past week. So uh, may he rest in peace, and I hope you guys enjoy that clip of audio I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, one right. one last thing was, uh, do you have any advice for aspiring screen or voice actors?
1: Get training. Get lots of training. And uh, when you find a teacher, look at a teacher who teaches you the hows, not the whats. Uh, there's a lot of teachers out there who teach you what to do. And acting becomes a big mystery because he knows what to do and you don't. But do you, if you get a teacher who teaches the how. How to arrive at a conclusion, how to arrive at a character interpretation. That's the teaching you want to go with.
2: Mm, Good advice.
1: That's awesome.
2: Well, thanks so much, Robert, for taking the time to do this with us today. And I know you're not feeling well. We really hope you get to feeling better. Thank you very
3: much. Oh, a dog. Hi, puppy. Nice puppy. Oh, no.
0: Don't run, it'll only make things worse! But remember, you never want to approach Ow. a stray Ow. dog, especially one that's Ow. foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up.
1: Hey.
0: And knowing is half the battle.
1: GI Joe! Testing service.
2: After
3: the beep, mm-hmm. please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Go Hello, ahead, Randy. <laughs> speak some words. We need a sound check, please. Everybody, <laughs> wants I to am
3: tone deaf.
0: <laughs> what was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes?